0: Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Enterprising Podcast. So glad to have you here today. And anyone who knows me they knows that I love diamonds. They are definitely a girl's best friend. And after all, they are especially great when they're manufactured in a sustainable manner. That's actually good for the environment, imagine that. Serving as Ether's Chief Operating Officer is today's guest, Dan Wino. He brings decades of experience in jewelry manufacturing and production to the team. While Dan's jewelry career has taken him around the globe, it began in New York City working for David Yerman and later for Pandora. Dan, welcome to Enterprising.
1: It's great to be here. We like to say that diamonds can be the planet's best friend as well.
0: I love that. And, you know, I have to tell you that my birthday is Earth Day, so I'm good with both of those things. That's great. And
1: April is the month of the diamond, so it did all a Exactly.
0: Wants. That's exactly right. With that in mind, tell our listeners a little bit more about Ether Diamonds and its value proposition in terms of manufacturing climate positive diamonds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So at Ether, we make the world's first diamonds from thin air. So we take captured carbon from the atmosphere and use that to create high quality gem grade diamonds uh, in a lab. So the world's first climate positive, carbon negative diamonds.
0: I think that is amazing. And I just, I love the idea. I love the notion. And, you know, we've heard so much about the way that gems are actually extracted from the earth and the fact that you're making this out of air and actually doing something positive for the environment is really remarkable. So thank you for the important work that you're doing. I know that you have lived and traveled all over the world with stints in places like Thailand and Denmark. What have you discovered about networking on a global basis?
1: You know, I think it's overall, it's it's not that much different from just networking locally. And honestly, it's the face-to-face interactions, having a meal with somebody, talking about things that are outside of your normal scope that really help build the relationships. So I stay connected with uh, friends that I made in Copenhagen and in Bangkok uh, to this day. And, you know, just it is a little bit harder being half a world away. But, you know.
0: Well, and I think what you're reaffirming for me is that when it comes to networking, the thing that makes it difficult from country to country or on a global basis is really just the the distance. It's about the geography, but it's not because networking or relationship building is unimportant or differently important, so to speak, in other parts of the world that this is really about human nature and making friends and building meaningful and long lasting interactions. And I assume that's what you've found based on your comments.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the pandemic and doing everything on Zoom these days has shown me that there's plenty of great connections that you can make remotely. I mean, to a certain extent, we built Ether entirely over Zoom because, you know, we had the idea pre-pandemic, but we really started ramping up and doing our fundraising during the pandemic and so just by that nature everything has had to be remote and so we've made a lot of great connections and deals and started manufacturing all with people that we'd never actually met in person so i i don't want to say bad things about doing things remotely but there's a certain aspect that can never be replaced when you actually meet somebody in person you can let your conversation wander a little bit more than it might over a zoom call and you can find other ways that maybe your businesses can overlap and align and figure out new paths forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. And in fact, you know, with that in mind, how do you actively manage your network?
1: You know, I mean, like for me, I'm always looking to meet new people. And one of the ways that I've done that, especially over the pandemic is Slack groups. Mm. So, you know, Typically, I've always thought of Slack as you know an intercompany sort of tool, but uh, more and more interest-specific Slack groups are popping up. And if you can find ones that align with your interests, it's a great way to join a community of like-minded people, ask questions, learn teach people and network. And you're not going to run into the trolls that you might run into on mm. some open Facebook group. And it's been great. I'm Right now, I think I'm in five different climate and manufacturing oriented uh, Slack groups. And just the other day, you know, I ended up having a business meeting with somebody that's making carbon negative fabrics that maybe we mm. want to use in our business. And that was all through this Slack group and then different seminars that they've hosted, both virtually and then also some in person.
0: That's so cool. I mean, it's almost like what meetup was originally, but almost coming at it from a hybrid perspective where you're leveraging both the goodness of coming together in person as well as virtual interactions.
1: Absolutely. And just kind of seamlessly tying them together. I mean, I've been some really great virtual events through that I've found out about through the Slack groups, but then oftentimes, you know, it ends up being like an in-person meetup. And so I've gone to, you know, different climate meetups in person and you know, met investors and other people that are doing interesting things in the space. And it's just a, it's a great way to organically meet people that align.
0: Did you search for those Slack groups? Were you invited by other participants? How would you recommend to somebody in any given industry, how would you recommend to them to find Slack groups that are of interest?
1: You know, I I definitely think Googling around, I kind of tripped and fell into quite a few of them, honestly, Mm -hmm. you know, podcasts that I've listened to some of them have communities that surround them. So there might be Slack groups that you don't even know about that exist. So you know, one of them that I quite like is called My Climate Journey. It's a podcast, but then the founder started up a Slack group. It started out as a free Slack group, and now it's a paid one. There's thousands of people in it at this point. So I think it's worth just uh, Googling around. And I think things that you're already connected with might have that available to you.
0: Great recommendation. Great recommendation. Kind of uh, going a little bit further down this path, what are some ways that you have found to make connections mutually beneficial? So for example, how do you give back? How do you show mutual appreciation?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I get this from my mom a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of a connector. My brain is always bouncing around. How can I help somebody out? How, like Who do I know that might be useful to them? Because The way I see it is if I can be helpful to somebody, then that makes them want to be even more helpful to me. Yeah. And, you know, even if there's no alignment between us, and I especially see that in the the climate space, because we're all working towards a common goal. And there's so many solutions that need to succeed if we're going to you know, make this planet a place that our kids can live. So personally, I just I'm always trying to make connections. And if I had a meeting with somebody and they don't align with me, I try to introduce them to somebody else. So always trying to connect the dots and keep the ball moving forward.
0: Very cool. And I appreciate the shout out to moms out there. So that's <laughs> so great. So great. I want to I want to talk a little bit more about Ether and I wonder how Ether's focus on the environment and technology has impacted the way that you connect with others and maybe specifically who you seek to interact with in a networking capacity. I mean, you you talked about Slack. Are there other ways that because of the focus again that Ether has on the environment and technology that you've kind of shifted or altered the way that you connect with others?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing here would just be that we try and be very intentional with the people that we bring into our network and that we associate with. You know, we want to make sure that we're doing as much good as we can. And so, you know, we look to for that alignment with our investors as well. Shared values mm-hmm. with both investors and also our employees and anybody that we're doing business with is very important to us.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes makes so much sense. Focusing on yourself for a moment, can you tell me about an interaction that you've had with one person that's resulted in a breakthrough for you, either personally or professionally?
1: You know, that, that's a good question. I uh, so recently I started coaching for this group called Scholar Match, and so Scholar Match is a group based out of San Francisco, and they match first generation high school students that are going into college with people who've been to college to kind of coach them through the process, right? Because otherwise they might not have anybody that's done it before yeah. to kind of usher them through the process. And having somebody that you can ask the questions to help keep them on track, to make sure that they don't miss a silly payment or something can really help improve outcomes. And so I'd been looking for a place to volunteer for a while and it seemed like a, the perfect way to volunteer my time. And so I got really lucky with my first student that I'm working with. It turns out he's an undocumented immigrant he moved here maybe 5 years ago didn't speak any english you know he lives in a studio apartment with his now 3 year old sister and his mom he's helped raise his sister now he speaks english flawlessly he has a 4.2 gpa and i just helped him apply to stanford and amazing. so amazing it's just like i'm like how does this kid exist right like thinking about everything that he has been through and how determined he's been it really it inspires me to do my best because you know, I haven't had half the struggles that he's had, and he's still coming out on top.
0: So I mean, I'm inspired by the story. And I mean, how incredible. Typically, when I ask people this question, they're talking about somebody more seasoned, you know, who's had more years of experience, who's helped to coach them. And you're talking about you're the mentor, and yet you're mentee is the person who has inspired you. I think that's amazing and, and an incredible story.
1: I mean, he we were working on what his like personal essay would be. And he's talking about how when he was a sophomore in, in high school, he had to get a job to help pay the rent. And so he'd work at night and he'd go to school during the day. So he'd work from like 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. every day. And after just over a year, he'd saved up enough money, he helped pay the rent, but then he had like eight grand left over. And what does he do? He donated seven thousand dollars of that to his community back in El Salvador.
0: Oh my gosh! And I mean, just like, yeah, like,
1: it just blew me away, and just it puts into perspective some of the people that are out there, and yeah, you know how hard some people work and deal with their challenges.
0: Well, I think it shows us that when we're having a bad day or when we think we're the ones hurting, that there are other people really going through a, a tough time and it's not to diminish our own challenges or, or difficulty, but we really can be inspired by, by people who are just making it happen. I mean, that's an, that's an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. So great. Talk a little bit more about how networking has impacted your business. So specifically, I'm interested in knowing how cultivating professional relationships has enabled you to start and grow Ether.
1: I mean, for me, our business wouldn't exist without networking. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in the jewelry industry for 11 years. And, you know, when we started the company, of course, I had a strong jewelry network. But my co-founder and I didn't really know much about how to grow diamonds in a lab. And so we just picked up the phone and started, you know, calling people who make the machines that you need to grow diamonds. Calling people who are doing the growing all the while, you know, meeting great people interesting people who want to share their knowledge, their experience, you know, in that regard, it's like, sometimes you just have to take the reins and and just run with it yourself. And yeah, so I, I mean, to me, I see that our company wouldn't exist without networking.
0: Of course, I love that. I love that. And so with that in mind, what advice would you give to someone who wants to grow or cultivate their own professional network?
1: I think, of course, like I mentioned before, Slack groups, finding groups of common people with common interest, whether that's business interest or just personal interest. And then if there's a goal or a business you want to start or an idea you want to pursue, don't be afraid to just call people up and say, hey, I'm interested. Can you teach me? What can you tell me about this? Because I mean, uh, sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my head around. But if somebody ever comes to me wanting advice or knowledge, I'm always happy to give it. And it's just making sure that you remember that other people are probably going to do that for you as well.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's great. If you could meet one person for a networking interaction, and I'm talking living, no longer living, fictional, non-fictional, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, I'm not sure that this is the most inspiring answer ever, but just because it's top of mind, I'd love to meet Lewis Hamilton, the F1 racing driver.
0: Cool. Um, My son is, would be very excited to hear you say this.
1: He wears lots of diamonds. He wears jewelry. He would be great. I'd love to get him in some ether.
0: I love that. Yeah, Ether Diamonds is definitely for him, I would say. That's very cool. Very cool. Uh, what's currently on your nightstand? Just a kind of a fun final question. I have
1: a, a small wooden gorilla from Uganda that my eleven month old daughter calls Dog Dog. So oh. I have that I have a, a nice Danish lamp that I purchased in Copenhagen and a uh a book that I just finished reading, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben oh, yeah. Horowitz, which yep. uh
0: great I, book. Which I couldn't put down. So yeah, great entrepreneurial story, useful guide for other entrepreneurs out there. So that's very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. If our listeners want to learn a little bit more about Ether Diamonds, where would I direct them?
1: Check out our website, Ether, A E T H E R Diamonds, D I A M O N D S dot com. You can see our newest collections. And if there's not any of the items that we have on our website, pick your interest, reach out to our custom at, and we're happy to make you anything that you like. So
0: Well, I have to admit, I have been out to etherdiamonds.com, And what I want to know is, are we going to move to ether gems? So are you going to grow sapphires and rubies and emeralds at some point?
1: Uh, that is absolutely possible. They have different chemical makeup. So we wouldn't necessarily be able to make those out of captured carbon. But, you know this is our first, our first material, right? We see ourselves not just as a diamond and jewelry company, but as a uh, carbon to value company. So I don't know if we'll be making other gems in the near future, but maybe other types of solid carbon.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I'm still a Diamonds fan, so I'm good with Ether Diamonds alone. Dan Wino from Ether Diamonds, thank you so much for joining us today on Enterprising Podcast. So great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank & Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.